Good morning, Brinesburg. And Happy New Year. I've noticed a few of you yawning, okay? The sermon has not started yet. You can't start that in just yet. Uh, but we're glad to have you here for this first Sunday, this first day of the new year of 2023. And we know the Lord has a lot in store for us here in this year. We know a lot of folks are going to come to know Christ. We know there's going to be a lot of opportunities to do ministry and love on folks in our community, in our state, in our nation, and around the world in a variety of different ways. And we're so glad to be able to start this new year together doing what uh, we're going to be doing for eternity together, and that is worshiping our risen Savior, Jesus Christ. And so for those of you that are joining us through television or through Facebook Live, we want to welcome you this morning. And those of you there on Facebook Live this morning, I want to remind you in the comment section, we'd love for you to put your name there. We'd love to know who is with us in worship. And if there's a way that we can pray for you, you put that there as well. we got folks that are monitoring that, and they'd love to be able to reach out and uh, to be able to uh, let you know how, how glad we are to have you today. For those of you, this is your first opportunity to be with us here at Brinesburg. We'd like to welcome you. And you'll notice there in the pew in front of you, there is a card. And if you take that out and fill it out and put it in uh, the offering plate that is in the middle table in the foyer, uh, we appreciate that. It helps us to know of your attendance, but more importantly, how we can minister to you and your family. And we are very glad to have you this morning. I hope you have noticed all the things that are going on here in the new year in your bulletin. Um, one thing that I would remind you of is that today we've got a lot of different things out on that table in the foyer that we'd love for you to be able to get your hands on because they're important for you as uh, we go into this new year. We have church calendars out there, and so if you don't yet have your church calendar, a good way for you to know what's going on, uh, grab one of those. Also, um, our offering envelopes for 2023. Do not use your offering envelopes from last year ever again, okay? Uh, that is not your number this year. The number will be whatever offering envelopes you grab uh, here, starting here in 2023. So if you have not yet gotten those new offering envelopes, please do get them before you give your first uh, uh, tithe or, or your first offering of 2023 so we can get the proper number uh, so that will get credited for the year. Um, also want to remind you uh, that our 2023 Bible reading plans are also out in the foyer. And I know many of you have been following along, and uh, that, that's been a, a wonderful blessing to many of you. You've told me that's really kept you on track of being in the Word uh, throughout the year and getting through the entirety of the Bible and the, the, the whole of Scripture in a year. And so if you'd like, maybe you've never done that before, or maybe you do it every year. Uh, I want you to grab those reading plans, and uh, that starts tomorrow. You haven't missed anything? Yeah, it starts tomorrow. And so if, uh, if you get those, you'll be right on track to follow along with us through the year. That's always a real blessing to be able to talk about where we're at together as we read Scripture together throughout the year. Um, also want to remind you that uh, our church office is going to be closed for the new year tomorrow, and so uh, we'll be back in the office if you need anything on Tuesday. Um, if you'll look at our Lottie Moon offering giving, our goal is $12,000. We're only about $450 away from reaching that goal. I believe we can do that. Amen? And so uh, maybe you haven't given yet. Maybe you're thinking, you know what, I can give just a little bit more. And uh, us reach that goal again this year, and uh, what a blessing that'll be. So uh, let's see what we can do to make, make sure that happens in uh, this next week. Uh, many other things going on. Make sure you read your bulletin. Uh, we do still have many on our prayer list. And uh, we want to remember each of these needs. I know many of you, probably like in our Sunday school class, some other needs that were added even today. And we lift those individuals up. Many of those are physical needs. And we pray the Lord to lay his healing hand upon them. But most importantly this morning, we want to pray for the lost. Here in 2023, we want to pray 
that our one would come to know Christ, and then that we would have another one that would come to know Christ, and another one, and another one, uh, and that the Lord would use us as a church family, as individuals, and then as a church family, uh, to see many in this community come to know Christ in this new year. And so with that in mind, let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you for yet another year to be able to do missions and ministry, to be able to join you in the work that you are doing around about us here in Marshall County and in our state of Kentucky, here in the United States and around the world. Lord, you're going to give us opportunities. And so, Lord, today I pray that you would stir our hearts uh, to recognize who are those folks that we can reach. Who is the one that needs to be loved on? Who's the one that we need to go over to and, and give them that word of encouragement to put an arm around them and pray for them, to show them that someone cares? Who's the one that we need to have that gospel conversation with? Um, who's the one that we need to tell, you know what, I see God working in your life. And I believe the Lord may be calling you to do some kind of ministry. Maybe you've never seen that in your own life. But the Lord's showing me that you've got gifts and talents that need to be used to their fullest. Lord, help us to encourage one another in that way here in this new year. Lord, we do lift up those who are in need physically. Lord, that you would lay your healing hand upon them. And Lord, that you would do a work in their physical bodies. Uh, but most importantly, we do pray for those lost around about us. Lord, now as we continue to worship together, as we sing songs of praise, as we spend time in prayer, as we open up your word, have your will and have your way in our midst today. That we would recognize that we truly have met with you. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
As we come to this time of prayer here at the opening of our service, we recognize that many of us face a variety of different needs and issues and circumstances in our lives as we come together this morning. Uh, some of us are facing a health issue. Uh, maybe it's recently diagnosed or maybe it's something that we've been going through for quite some time. And we bring that into this place. Maybe it's a broken relationship. Maybe it's that stress in the home uh, that we are dealing with right now. Maybe it's the financial stress of a loss of a job or just the downturn in the economy. Or maybe it's the greatest need of all. Uh, it's a lost spouse or a lost child or a lost grandchild or best friend or coworker or classmate. And we're praying for them. Maybe we come into this place this morning and we recognize that we don't have a relationship with Christ. We want to bring all of those needs to the Lord this morning, recognizing that He is the answer, regardless of what it is we're facing. If we will trust Him, if we'll give it over to Him and, and follow as He's called us to, that we will find the answer that we're looking for, uh, because it is always found in Jesus. And so this morning, with every head bowed and with all eyes closed, we want you to recognize that this altar is open. If you have a need, we'd love for you to come. Maybe you want to pray there in your pew. Maybe you want to pray there at home in front of that chair, that couch that you're at. Um, but let's spend some time with our Lord in prayer together this morning. Come, let's pray together. as we come before you this morning we recognize that just because we've entered into a new year does not mean that we've left all the issues of life behind us Lord there are still sicknesses Lord there are still broken relationships Lord there are still lost among us who need to be saved and so Lord we bring these needs before you here on this first day of this new year of 2023 and Lord, we ask you to do the work in our hearts and in our lives that only you can do. And so, Lord, this morning I do. I pray for the one who is struggling with that health issue. Lord, I, I pray that you would do a work that not even doctors and nurses could do. But, Lord, that you would strengthen them in their physical body in the way that only you can as the one who made them and sustains them. Lord, I want to pray for that family this morning who is here. And they're just barely hanging on. Lord, there is fighting and there's contention inside of the home. Lord, there's stress every time they walk through the doors to a place that should be a place of sanctuary. Lord, I pray that you would bring peace. Lord, I pray that you would bring a sense of calm into that home. Lord, for the one that's struggling financially, Lord, I pray that you would just assure that family that, Lord, you're going to meet their needs. Lord, that you're going to bring peace in that financial situation if they will just look to you. Lord, but most importantly this morning, I want to pray for the lost. I want to pray for the ones that are on my heart that I, I know are here right now. And Lord, they know they're lost. Lord, they come into every service knowing they're lost. But Lord, for some reason, they just continue to go service after service, day after day, week after week, putting it off for another day. Lord, I pray right now that you would stir their hearts and help them to recognize that they don't need to put it off another day because they're not promised another day. And today might not be the day of salvation for them. And for many of us, I pray that you would give us a burden to go even today or, or this week and to share the gospel with our one who does not yet know you as Savior and as Lord. And so, Lord, now as we continue in this time of worship through song and, 
As we get ready to open up your word, I pray that you would speak to our hearts in a new and in a fresh way today. To your honor and glory, Lord. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Dissipation may also bring apprehension. The song reminds us we can face tomorrow, we can face the new, new, new year because he lives. Let's sing together. morning all right it seemed like everything we've been singing about this morning is because God is worthy because Christ is worthy 
So that's kind of crazy because that's the song we picked too. Um, we're gonna sing a song. I'm gonna sing a song by Pat Barrett. It's a worship song. So I'm not gonna let. I'm gonna, not gonna make you stand uh, like, like we did a few weeks ago. But I'm I'm gonna ask that you that you worship with us, please. Um, this song is about making this new year, uh, building a foundation of living for Him and doing it because He's worthy of everything that we. He's the only. It's the only thing that's worthy of our worship. And so worship is really not about singing on a Sunday morning. It's really about the way you live your life, the way you conduct yourself, and the type of person that you are so that others can see Christ in us. So this song is about building that foundation. And there's no better time to build that foundation than the first day of the year. So sing this with us. This is called uh, Build My Life. Worthy of every song we could ever sing Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you, oh, we live for you Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Oh, we live for you. Sing this with me. There is no one like you, there is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Oh, we live for you. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say, Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Oh, we live for you. Sing holy. And holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me and I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation and I will put my trust in you alone and I 
shaken and I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation and I will put my trust in you alone and I will not be shaken holy there is no one like you there is none beside you open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me sing this with this bridge one more time and i will build my life upon your love it is a firm foundation and i will put my trust in you alone and i will not be shaken Amen. amen thank you patrick thank you ricky it's been a great day of worship and uh, no better way for us to start 2023 and so glad to see so many of you here um, beginning this new year the way that we should be and that is in worship and in praise of our risen Savior Jesus Christ and um, I, I believe the Lord has great things in store for us here in this new year and I believe that we're going to be able to see a lot of ministry take place this year together a lot of missions opportunities together and I do hope that you are looking actively looking for the opportunity to share with your one, whoever that may be. And maybe you've seen your one come to know Christ in the last year. Make sure you've got another one um, that you're wanting to share with right now, that you're actively looking for opportunities um, to encourage, um, to love on, and ultimately to have a gospel conversation with them, um, bring them to church with you, but whatever it may be, um, but to actively be looking for ways um, to get them to Jesus, to bring them face-to-face with the Lord. And uh, allow the Holy Spirit to do the work that only he can do in their hearts and in their lives. And that's what we're going to be talking about as we enter back into our study in the book of Genesis. And so I know a lot of you kind of take notes with those notebooks and kind of things. Hopefully you have that with you uh, today if you, if you had a Genesis uh, notebook with you. Uh, but that's where we're going to be going back. And this is a, going back into our study of Genesis today. And we're going to be looking at uh, chapter 7 verses 1 through 16 and talking about invitation. Um, the invitation that God gives to us and looking at God's invitation in the new year as we look at God's first invitation uh, in Genesis chapter 7. And so as you turn there to Genesis chapter 7, let's go to the Lord in prayer together. Lord, Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning and we thank you for the opportunity to worship, to pray, to study your word. And I pray that you would open our hearts to what you have for us today. Uh, Lord, I specifically pray for the lost that are here this morning. I pray for my friends that are older and continue to put off salvation uh, for whatever reason that may be. Lord, I pray for them today. Maybe they're not with us. Maybe they're watching uh, on television. Maybe they're watching on Facebook Live because they're at work. Um, but Lord, you know who they are. They know who they are. 
And uh, Lord, I pray that they might come to know you even today. Lord, I pray for some of my uh, young people here that I'm so close to, and I know they're lost. I know they don't have a relationship with you, and uh, I know that when I ask if they have a relationship, they can't raise their hand because they know they don't. Um, Lord, I pray that you would speak to their heart today and help them to know how much you love them. As much as I love them, as much as mom and dad love them, you love them more, and you want a relationship with them, and I pray that we'd be able to start this new year um, with that solid foundation of a relationship with you. And so, Lord, speak through me today. Hide me behind the cross uh, and allow only the gospel to be seen and heard today. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you will, please stand with me in honor of the reading of God's word as we're going to be looking at chapter 7, verses 1 through 16 as we begin. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come, thou and all thy house, unto the ark. For thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. And every clean beast thou shalt take to thee by sevens, the male and his female, and of beasts that are not clean by two, the male and his female. Of the fowls also of the air by sevens, the male and the female, to keep seed alive upon the face of the earth. For yet seven days, and I will cause it to rain upon the earth forty days and forty nights. And every living substance that I have made will I destroy from off the face of the earth. And Noah did according all that the Lord commanded him. And Noah was six hundred years old when the flood of waters was upon the earth. And Noah went in, and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him into the ark because of the waters of the flood. Of the clean beast, and the beasts that are not clean, and of the fowls, and of everything that creepeth upon the earth, there went in two and two on the ark. On, upon uh, two, there went in two and two unto Noah into the ark, the male and the female, as God commanded Noah. And it came to pass after seven days that the waters of the flood were upon the earth. In the six hundredth year of Noah's life, in the second month, the seventeenth day of the month. The same day were all the fountains of the great deep broken up, and the windows of heaven were opened, and the rain was upon the earth forty days and forty nights. In the selfsame day entered Noah and Shem and Ham and Japheth, the sons of Noah, and Noah's wife and the three wives of his sons with them into the ark. They and every beast after his kind, and all the cattle after their kind, and every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth after his kind, and every fowl after his kind, every bird of every sort. And they went in unto, Noah's, unto Noah into the ark, two and two of all flesh, wherein is the breath of life. And they, and they that went in, went in male and female of all flesh, as God commanded him. And the Lord shut him in. You may be seated. So we see that God is constantly pursuing lost sinners, that he might be in relationship to them, that they might repent of sin, that they might turn away from sin, turn to him, and that they might have right relationship with him through a relationship with his son, Jesus Christ. And we're reminded here on New Year's Day of 2023 that God has given us yet another invitation for salvation today. Meaning that if you're here lost this morning, you can come to know Christ. There's nothing keeping you from saying yes to Jesus today. 
And so on this first day of the year, we're reminded of the first invitation to salvation that God gave in Scripture. The word come is used 1,972 times in Scripture. In Genesis 7-1, it's the first time that it is used as a command and as an invitation. Here God calls Noah and his family to come into the ark so that they might be saved from the flood of waters that's about to be sent upon the face of the earth, unlike anything they'd ever seen. So this invitation caught my attention as I thought about what God's desire would be for us at the church here in Brinesburg in 2023. Even though it was given thousands of years ago, God is still inviting people to enter into an ark of safety. God is still commanding us today to share the message of salvation and his invitation to a lost world around us, to come in and to find relationship to him in Christ. The invitation will do you no good, though, unless you accept it yourself. As much as I would like for you to come in, as much as family members would like for you to come in, as much as best friend who's trying to share with you would like for you to come in, you must personally accept that invitation. Before Noah and his family could be saved, they had to commit themselves to accepting the Lord's invitation to enter into that ark. And if you or I or our family or friends are going to be saved, then we must accept his invitation as well. And so if you will, look with me at verse 1, and we see the sanctuary of his invitation. The sanctuary of his invitation. The ark must have been an unusual sight to those that saw it there in Mesopotamia. It was a wooden box that was 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet tall. It was huge. It was built by a preacher and his three sons. And for the last 120 years, Noah had worked on this ark. And for the last 120 years, Noah had preached a message that a torrent of rain and then a terrible flood was going to come upon the earth. Now surely people thought that Noah and that Noah's family were absolutely bonkers. They were out of their minds. What were they talking about? Because at this point in history, people would have never have even had the concept of a flood upon the earth because it had never, ever, ever happened before. They had no concept of what kind of judgment was being preached about, of what Noah was talking about. Much like some of the warnings that we see throughout the book of Revelation, describing things that have yet to ever be seen. And it's hard for us to wrap our minds around it and, and to come into some understanding of what that concept might be, because we have never seen it in our generation. That is what it was like for those in Noah's generation. What A, a flood of water at this level that makes no sense and yet still Noah labored and he told his neighbors that they needed to come into the ark when it was finished if they ever wanted to be saved from the judgment to come he told them over and over that the ark that he was building was their only hope the only hope they had was the ark to be saved from the flood his neighbors may have thought Noah was insane and the ark he constructed must have looked out of place sitting there on very, very dry ground. But Noah was right. Everything he did, everything he spoke about was right. 
the ark he was building would be the only hope humanity had in that generation. That ark was to be a sanctuary, a sanctuary against the storm of wrath that was brewing against the sin and the evil that was found in the world in that day. And as God looked upon the earth, the things he saw disturbed him, and they disturbed him greatly. The wickedness was overwhelming. Genesis 6, 1 through 4, there was intermarriage between the godly line of Seth and the ungodly line of Cain, and this was an attempt to pervert the human bloodline to, to prevent the birth of, of the Messiah. Uh, Satan was already attacking in that way, trying to keep Jesus from coming. The children born of that union were evil beyond words. Genesis chapter 6, verse 5, God saw the wickedness of man, and he knew that man was hopelessly corrupt. He knew that every desire within mankind drew him further and further away, that the evil and the evil deeds were, were such that, that the people had no desire to have a relationship with God. Genesis 6, 11 through 12, God looked at man, and he saw that man had ruined the earth, and he saw that man was unjust and man was exceedingly violent. Man had abandoned the ways of the Lord and had turned away from God completely. In Genesis 6, 6-7, God's solution is seen. And his solution is to destroy mankind. The Bible tells us that one man among all the men of the earth was still walking in the ways of the Lord. God extends his grace towards Noah. We're told that Noah was just. Now that doesn't mean that Noah was sinless because Noah was certainly not sinless. It means that his faith was in God. And because his faith was in God, God counted that to him as righteousness. The faith that he had placed in God was counted to him as righteousness. And so that's the way it has always been. In Genesis 15, 6, we're told that Abraham believed in the Lord and he counted into, unto him for righteousness. And so if you are saved, it is because of grace through faith, not of works. You believe God and he gave you his righteousness apart from any works of your part at all. Noah is commanded to build this ark, this great humongous ark. And Noah is told that this ark will provide him and will provide his family and all the creatures of the earth a place of, of safety and sanctuary in the midst of this great wrath of floodwaters. That ark was the only place in the entire universe that Noah and his family could be safe. There was no other answer. It was only in the ark. That was then, and this is now, but I've got good news for you, because there is still, there is still a place of sanctuary. You see, the ark Noah built was a real boat, but it was also a very real picture. The ark serves as a great picture of Jesus Christ and the salvation that he provides. I want you to notice how the ark speaks of Jesus. First, in its substance, it speaks of gopher wood or, or cypress, almost indestructible, durable, it's a wood that won't rot. Uh, wood is, is a picture of humanity throughout Scripture. And this wood pictures the humanity of Jesus Christ. Just as those trees had to be cut down in order to build this huge ark, Jesus had to be cut down to provide a place of sanctuary for you and for me. 
and we understand what happened upon the cross of Calvary. We understand that Jesus was nailed to that cross and his wrists and at his feet and he hung there between heaven and earth giving his blood as the payment for our sin debt. Jesus' life was taken because it was the only way for us to be saved. But also it speaks of security. You see, after the ark was built, it was covered, we're told, with pitch. The word is used 70 other times in the Old Testament, and each time it's translated atonement. It literally means a covering. The wood alone could not keep the water out. There had to be a covering. And that word atonement points to the shedding of blood. It is not the humanity It is not just the life that Jesus lived that saved us. It is his death. It is the shedding of his blood. Because Jesus did not come to set a good example. He came to die. And it is the blood that seals us and keeps us safe from the wrath of God. But also we're told of its size. The ark was 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, 45 feet high. It could contain 3 million cubic feet. It was plenty big enough to hold all who would desire to enter in. This is a picture of the sufficiency of Jesus. He will save all who come to him by faith. There is room this morning at the cross for you if you are willing to come in. But also we see its shape. It was not shaped like a boat. It was actually shaped so that it looked like a floating coffin. This speaks to us of the fact that Jesus died for us. And when we receive him, we are dying to this world. When Noah entered into his ark, he was identifying with death. And when we come to Jesus, we are identifying with his death on the cross and of our own death to sin. But notice its structure. If you go back to Genesis chapter 6, verse 16, the ark had one door, it had one window, and it had three stories. These elements are a picture of salvation. Clearly, the one door was set low so that anyone who was willing could enter in. The window was set high so that all would have to look up to understand where salvation comes from. The three stories remind us of salvation. It's the work of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It also reminds us that when a person is saved, their whole person, body, soul, and spirit is changed. But notice its substance, and going back to chapter 6, verse 21, Noah was saved by the ship. And so we are also satisfied in the ship. We had everything in the ark. Noah had anything and everything that he could have desired to have had. Anything he needed to survive that flood was inside of that ark. And in Jesus, the believer will find satisfaction for the soul. He is the bread to the hungry. He is water to the thirsty. Those who come to him will find that he is all they need to be satisfied in any situation or circumstance of life. But also we see its schedule. If you look up into chapter 8, verse 4, the ark came to rest on the 17th day of the seventh month of the Hebrew calendar. Again, why is that important? Why is such a specific date so important? The 17th month is when the Passover takes place. 
Jesus died as they were offering the Passover on the 14th day of that month. And he was raised three days later, the 17th day of that month. And so the ark rested on the same day that Jesus would rise again from the dead. Coincidence? No. God is painting us a very clear picture of who Jesus Christ is. We also see its supply. Noah's name literally means rest. When Noah entered into the ark, he found rest and he found safety. He found salvation from the judgment that was coming. And being in the ark saved his life. Believing the almighty God saved his soul. And so can you see how the ancient ark pictures who Jesus Christ is? If you can, then understand this. The wrath of God is about to be poured out upon this world again, but not in floodwaters. You see, there is only one place of safety. There's only one place of salvation that will be found when that day of wrath comes. We don't have an ark of wood and covered in pitch. What we have is a Savior, and his name is Jesus Christ. And he died for your sins on the cross of Calvary. And he rose from the dead, and he is calling you to come to him for salvation today, to not put it off for another day, because you don't know when the day of judgment comes. You can adopt any religion you choose. You can follow any plan you wish. You can believe any doctrine you want to. But if you are ever going to be saved, if you are ever going to receive salvation, it will only be through the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no other way, period. I don't care how good, religious, connected, whatever you think you are. It's not good enough. Without Jesus Christ, you will be lost. It sounds like a narrow plan. You know why? Because it is. There's only one way. However, if you want to be saved, if you want to have a relationship with a living God, it comes through Jesus Christ. So I wonder this morning, have you entered into that ark of sanctuary? Are you saved from the wrath that is coming in this world? There's only one place of safety. It's Jesus. You, maybe you think, oh, I'm so young, it won't, I, I'll have another chance. Or I'm so young that God wouldn't, he wouldn't judge me. Yes, he will. If you're lost, you're lost. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter who your family is. It doesn't matter how many times you come to church on a month or a week or even a day. Without Jesus, you're lost. There's only one place of safety, Jesus Christ. He is our ark of safety from the wrath of God. But secondly, look with me at verse 1, and we see the sovereignty of this invitation. The ark was not Noah's idea. Do you understand that? The ark was not Noah's idea. It was God's. And if God had not spoken to Noah, he would have died in the flood just like everyone else. Genesis 6, 8 tells us that, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. The one word that made a difference in Noah's life is the word grace. Yes, Noah was maintaining the, way, the ways of the Lord in a wicked day, but he was still a sinner. And when the Bible says that Noah was perfect in his generation, it means that his bloodline had not been polluted. But because of his sin, Noah still deserved nothing from God but judgment and damnation. But God reaches into Noah's darkness and God extends grace to Noah. He told Noah about a way of salvation, and then he invited Noah to come into the ark and to be saved. I've heard all kinds of different things 
um, that have been preached about Noah, but it comes down to pure, precious, perfect, powerful grace. Without the grace of God, Noah would have been in the same situation as everyone else. Were it not for the grace of God, Noah would never have known about the flood that was going to kill him or the ark that could save him. Both of those insights were a gift of amazing grace to Noah. So if you are in the ark of salvation today, I want you to understand something. You are there because God extended his grace to you. Not because of anything that is in you that makes you special or holy in and of yourself. You didn't come to God on your own. You came to Jesus because God, in his grace and, and in his mercy, in his love, drew you to himself. The Holy Spirit drew you, that's why you came. And you're saved because God looked beyond your dead, darkened and deceived and doomed condition. And he reached out to you in pure grace to save you. We would never have known about the wrath of God or the hell that awaits the sinner if God and his grace had not shown us that great mercy. You see, we will never see the truth of our own sinful condition unless God and his grace shows us. We will never know that Jesus can save us and deliver us from hell unless God and his grace shows us. In salvation, God comes to the lost sinner. God opens his blinded eyes and God shows him his lost condition. He convicts his heart of sin. He draws that lost sinner to Jesus and he causes him to understand that Jesus died for him and rose from the dead. He even gives the lost sinner the faith he needs to be saved. From start to finish, salvation is the work of grace from God, not from anything that man has done. Man has no part in the process beyond simple faith. And even the very faith that he uses to receive Jesus' free gift is God's grace. So if it had not been for the grace of God, Noah would have died in his sin. And Noah would have, have gone to hell because he wouldn't have known what it was to have a relationship with God. It was the grace of God that moved his faith to action. And the same is still true today. Salvation is still all grace it's all about God hallelujah I'm thankful for that because in and of myself I know I would be lost but then thirdly and quickly I want you to look at verse 16 I want you to see this the security of this invitation the security of this invitation when God called Noah heeded the Lord's voice he heard the Lord calling and he heeded it he entered the ark and he found safety and security we're told that when it came time for the flood to come, that God himself shut him in. I, I, I want you to notice four amazing truths here. First, God did not say, go into the ark. God said, come into the ark. And that's significant. He didn't say, go into the ark, and I'll be watching over you. He said, come into the ark, and I will be with you. And there's a significant difference I want you to look ahead to Genesis, 6, uh, to Genesis 8, uh, 16. And in Genesis 8, 16, God says, go forth of the ark. Do you see that? God said, come in here with me at the beginning. And he was still there with them at the end. He had been with Noah, with Noah, 
not simply watching over Noah, but he had been with Noah in the ark the entire ordeal. He never left. He never left him. Noah was safe in the ark. Why? Because it was built so well, because he had done such a great job in, in craftsmanship? No. Because God was in the ark. God was with Noah. And Noah was safe because God was there. And if that ark had gone down, then God would have had to have gone down too. And that will never happen. And so God was there in the beginning, and he was there through the dark days of the wrath. And he was there when they landed on the mountains of a new day. And the same is true for us today. But secondly, I want you to see very clearly that God shut them in. God controlled the door. You see that? Man doesn't control the door. God controls the door. And he determined who went in and who stayed in. He sealed them in. And they were safe there until they arrived at their final destination. Sealed for the day when it was time to get out. Because they had reached their final destination. The saint of God has been sealed until the day of redemption. And he has sealed us in who? In Christ. And he has sealed Jesus within himself. We are safe. We are secure. There is no one. There is nothing. No situation. No circumstance. That will ever take you away from the hand of God. He has you and you are secure in him. Noah was kept safe in that ark by the mighty power of God. The Lord saw to it that the ark rode on the waves safely and that it, it reached its intended destination, which God knew from the very beginning. The saints of God in Christ are also kept in the power of God. And as the flood waters came on the earth, they rose until they were some 22 feet above the highest mountain of the earth. You ever thought about how high that water was? I mean, 22 feet above the tallest mountain peak. I mean, that's, that's just hard to even comprehend. But also, did you notice that the higher the waters rose, the higher the ark rose from there. The ark was above the flood. In Romans 5, 20, we're told, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. You see, life inside the ark was not always smooth sailing. The ark must have pitched and it must have rolled. Noah may have even become a little bit seasick from time to time in, in that ark. It wasn't easy sailing, but that ark kept its cargo safe until it reached the mountain of rest. God never promises us a completely smooth voyage, but he did promise that the landing would be safe. Noah survived because he believed God. He entered that ark and he entered by faith. He could have doubted the integrity and the ability of the ark. He could have failed to believe the promises of God. But Noah, I mean, he could have stayed outside. He could have just said, I'm not going to go in. And if he had, he would have died just like everyone else. But when God's invitation came to him, Noah entered into that ark by faith and Noah and his family were saved. I want to call your attention to one last thought. When God shut the door of that ark, Noah was on the inside, and he was looking out. And the Lord, the, the, the world that had 
ridiculed and laughed at and scorned Noah for 120 years. They are on the outside looking in. And it was too late. It was too late. There was only one ark. There was only one door. And so there is only one way to be saved today as well. And it's God's way. It's not our way. It's not whatever we think we can do, whatever path that we want to take to God. No. There's only one way to God. And that way is through the Lord Jesus Christ. He says in John 10, 9, I am the door. And so when the flood of God's judgment is poured out one last time on this rebellious earth, the only thing that is going to matter is this. Which side of that door are you on? Are you in Christ? Or are you continuing to push him away and you're continuing to stand on the outside of the door? Here on New Year's Day of 2023, he is calling you to come into the ark of salvation that is a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Come into the ark. Come to Jesus. Come and be saved. Everything has already been done. There is no work for you to do. You must receive. You must receive the free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ by faith. Are you ready to make that commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you ready to make this first year, this first day of, the, of, of 2023, the first day of eternity with Christ? That's what he's offering this morning. Eternity in him. The door stands open today. The door has not yet been shut. But it will close soon. And when it does, which side of that door will you be on? It breaks my heart that so many of you continually put off salvation. It's a foolish, foolish thing to do. You're testing God. And he says, come today. Would you come to him? Would you make this the best year ever because this is the first year you'll have a relationship with Jesus? He offers that to you this morning. Would you come? Lord Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. And we thank you for that first invitation and we thank you for this invitation today. But we thank you for the fact that you have done everything that is necessary for us to be saved. Lord, you have sent your only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to come and to live in this world as a man. And yet without sin, born of a virgin, Lord, you lived a life of service. You didn't ask us to serve you, but Lord, you served us, even to the place of washing your disciples' feet just hours before you would give your life for us. Lord, you went to the cross of Calvary. Sinless, you died there to pay our sin debt. You died upon that cross, you shed your blood, and you physically died and were buried for three days. But Lord, thank you for the fact that you arose again from death, defeating even death in the grave through your resurrection. And Lord, you are offering this relationship that will change everything for us today. And so Lord, I've got friends here right now and they're under conviction and they're feeling you stir in their heart right now. And Lord, there's a lot of excuses being thrown their way by the enemy. Help them to push that away. Help them to only hear your loving voice calling them into a relationship with you today. Lord, I pray that they would come. Lord, I pray that they would begin a relationship with you today to your honor and glory. Lord, we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we stand and as we sing, would you come?